last week on Glee Boot, we talked about the Glee Project, which is Ryan Murphy's version of the Hunger Games that resulted in four winners. And that's what you missed on Glee Boot. <laughs> that is great. Can you imagine how much less dramatic the Hunger Games would be if there were four winners? I'm gonna, not going to lie. I thought the fact that PETA and Katniss want spoiler alert at the end of the first games was a bit anticlimactic. Not going to lie. Just a little. Yeah. I rewatched the, that, that movie and I was like, yeah, no, this doesn't live up to what I thought it was before. I, I remember the books fondly. No, I don't. Yes. I remember I liked the books better than the movie, but it's they, they still kind of annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, the things you liked when you were young. Like Glee. <laughs> like Glee. And Twilight. <laughs> oh, boy. I would love to have a Twilight <laughs> podcast so much. <laughs> Glee Booth. Yeah, so welcome to Glee Booth, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. I'm Hannah. And we Victoria. have my... Victoria, <laughs> one of my best friends from high school, is here. Hi. <laughs> I was being a strong, independent woman and introducing myself. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Victoria was uh, my date to homeschool prom, so she understands the homeschool bubble just as well as about anyone. And Is that a thing we get to talk about? Can you expl- try yeah. and explain the tree dance? Because I tried to explain that in the prom episode. What? The tree dance? So obviously nature and trees are about sprouting and growth and when the song when the beat starts to drop that's when trees start to grow so you raise up your arms extend and then you sway back and forth like a tree in the wind and it is a very it was not a sight to behold it was perfectly normal there were (laughs) people in long denim skirts and giant white athletic shoes like the ones that um girls on tiktok wear nowadays so yeah we we didn't even really stand out but it's our own special um our special dance we used to serenade each other in parking lots um wing dance um oh just fun fact in case you needed i did in fact um not i was not homeschooled but i did in fact have an earlier curfew than the homeschoolers so what yes i had we would be out swing dancing on a thursday night and i would have to come home earlier than the homeschoolers even though i caused literally zero trouble at all wow (laughs) so i fit right in (laughs) (laughs) yes she's an honorary homeschooler i know too much um (laughs) A homeschooler did come to my parents' house and tell us we had homeschool placemats because we grew up with like educational placemats that taught us about like rocks and multiplication. Apparently, that is not a thing. So, (laughs) I think it's funny you had a curfew. I didn't go anywhere. Me either, yeah. So, I didn't have a curfew. I was already in my room. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, the craziest place I went during high school was like a homeschool square dance. I was Scandalous. not allowed to go to like homecoming after parties because there could be alcohol there. Yes. Um, and then kids Which as we learned from Glee, drinking is bad. Yeah, it is. It is for sinners. 
Oh. <laughs> cheers to that. So speaking of cheers, what are we drinking today? White Claw. White Claw. There are some laws if they're enforced when you're drinking White Claws. <laughs> I am drinking a concoction of lemon juice, corn syrup, black iced tea, and gin. How is it? It's um, kind of gross, but it's yeah. growing on me. <laughs> like the more I drink it, it, what? Did you make it? I'm like, that sounds yes. like something you- Yeah. And you put corn syrup in there yourself. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> like in your own right mind. Didn't have any okay. simple syrup and corn syrup is just simple syrup. The sticker. Oh, I, that doesn't. I didn't know that people. So I'm like, I'm not judging. I just didn't know people first. Maybe I'm not adult enough to have that in my household. And second off, it sounded like you were reading the ingredients from the back of like a processed bottle of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some blue oh, okay, six, yeah. red four, <laughs> yellow twelve. I only use it for baking, and I probably won't put it in a drink again. Because this was supposed to be stirred, but then when I put the corn syrup in, it was like not mixing in, so I had to take it out of my glass and shake it in the shaker so that it would actually mix into the drink. So I probably won't be using it in a drink again. So for all you aspiring drink makers out there, do not put corn syrup in your drinks. <laughs> hey, That's I'm like, just trying stuff, if okay? If you don't have simple syrup, just give up. There's probably like a bartender somewhere who's like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, there are bartenders around the world just like freaking out. Probably should have used syrup. Yeah. More maple syrup. Yeah, well, maple syrup is the freaking best, so. Are you Buddy the Elf? (laughs) (laughs) She might be. (laughs) She loves syrup that much. (laughs) So, like, I'm sure Cullen has watched me on some mornings when I make waffles, I, like, lick it off my plate because, like, it cannot go to waste. It's it's liquid gold. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, next episode even though i will likely not be here i would like to see what would happen if you did like a shot like half gin half syrup oh now you have to do it (laughs) that'd be better than corn syrup (laughs) first of all it's gonna be like half and half yeah you you can put less syrup more gin. I don't know. I've never taken a shot of gin. I don't know if people even do that. Do people do that? People take shots of literally they anything. Do shots of everything. Yeah. I mean, I bet you could do like a qu- maybe like a quarter of maple syrup and three quarters gin. Give it a little stir. I'm just try- I'm just trying to think like what it's gonna taste like because gin no, tastes just, like just pine drink trees. It. <laughs> And syrup tastes like sweetness. So a sweet elf shot. Like um you there said you pine trees. We could we, be on we got something here. Two different trees in the same shot glass. Fine. There you go. In maple. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm drinking an Angry Orchards <laughs> unfiltered, or as I like to call it a Finn Hudson, because it's sweet but unfiltered. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> And 
Victoria, I know you were a Glee fan back in the day. What is your journey with the show Glee? Um, I watched many seasons sometime between 2010 and 2013. I stopped but watched some. I was in college at that point, and so it was hard for me to access television regularly. But I watched it like religiously, I watched a ton of it. Um, and I had an out of body experience. The first time Darren Chris appeared on my screen, right? Um, as a warbler, <laughs> and I was hooked. Um, I watched it before then, but then I became like extra invested. So I did watch the entire episode in preparation for this to bring back the memories, but also now I am tempted to binge watch the entire <laughs> series because I'm running out of other shows to watch, and I'm gonna be in my house for some more time. <laughs> I'm tempted to like watch it all through again. <laughs> you can watch along and listen to the podcast. Listen to yeah, our commentary as we watch along. Yes. Yes. I would. Now in my mind, I'm like, I wish, although this would make it more difficult for filming, like if the episode was playing and y'all were talking about it as it was playing, then it's literally we've, like a live We've action. thought about doing an episode like that. We haven't really talked about it since, but maybe in the future. Um, would be they, kind of fun. they do something similar. Spoiler, I'll probably say this at some point. I live in Texas. So in Austin, there's an improv group that does it, but it's called the Master Pancake. And they take movies and then have like a comedy. It's not even a comedy track. It's usually live people in the theater doing commentary. So obviously, like the movie's edited um, to be shorter than the actual version. But it is quite entertaining. And now they stream it. They stream it on Twitch during quarantine. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about doing like a Twitch stream, maybe for the Damien McGinty Christmas movie or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I would watch it. Hit me up. Let me know. I'll stream <laughs> it. All right. We'll hit you up. Um, so, Victoria, did you take the BuzzFeed quizzes? Yes, I did. And um, the person I would be on the show... I was trying to figure out, I'm like, I can't remember if this would be a good thing or a bad thing, but I only took it once. Um, it's Quinn. Okay. I love Quinn okay. here. Yeah, I say that's a good thing. And my boyfriend, I only took it once. Um, Blaine. Wow. Ooh. We have the same Glee boyfriend. And I told Colin that I would tell him the answer, even if it's not what I got but I took a screenshot <laughs> and proved it. Yeah, I answered the questions because I don't remember enough about the seasons to have like tricked it into my answers. Can I, is there a dog like, in your closet? Yes, I was trying to tell you guys that earlier. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're dog sitting. His name is Pippin and he likes to bark at noises. So um. you probably hear a little like in the <laughs> microphone after his little barks. All right. Um, hey, so hi, now Pippin. it's time to get into season three. Oh my gosh, Pippin. <laughs> a pod dog. A pod yeah. dog. I was, had... I was trying to figure out like a good pun name for that. All I could come up with is like, is a dog cast. But then that just makes me think of like an injured dog. So. <laughs> and paw, like a paw, like a dog paw. Oh, I get it. Yeah. A paw cast. A pod cast. 
See, I, I get the podcast. Trouble. I get in trouble for this at work because I think of a joke and then I think of jokes like two jokes past that joke. And then when I have to explain, like, that is too complicated to send an email. Like, people are not going to get there. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I just Well, the best all. jokes are the ones you have to explain. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then I had the best jokes ever. Now you're getting it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, welcome to the season premiere of season three of Glee Boot, guys. Woo! We, we made have made it. it. We made it. We made it through two seasons. <laughs> Which um, feels like an eternity. Two seasons like and how many, how many months of quarantine? Um, uh, seven? Six? What month is it? It's October. It's 10, October. So, yeah, about seven months. Yeah. We did it also. Yes. Yeah. So we're doing uh, season three, episode one, The Purple Piano Project, the PPP. <laughs> um, Not like business loans. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and we have a few storylines to go through today, um, but we're going to start with the introductions as, as they did with season two, where they start with Jacob Ben Israel. Our Ew. least favorite character. Yeah. So Jacob Ben Israel uh, starts the, sh- the season by interviewing everyone about like what their plans are for their senior year. Finn has no idea. He's just like, uh, um, I'm really excited about this year. And he walks away and it's like spread out over several minutes. Um, Mercedes is no longer dating Sam. No longer Did dating- that appear in this episode? I was so sad. Did they say in like that intro where he was? Like what was he going on? He said his on? dad got a job out of state. Yeah. Are oh. we never going to see Sam again? Is he like gone? Know. Did they write him off? I don't know. Or maybe he just like wasn't available to shoot season three, episode one. Maybe he'll be back. I don't so know. So next episode, they're going to be like, he'll be back. And he's going to be like, oh yeah, Listen, my dad got Blaine transferred <laughs> At the drop of a hat, right? Very That's true. Not, I have so much to say about this, but if that can happen, Sam can come back from out of state just like that. Yeah, she Mercedes has a new boyfriend now. Um, he said something about Coco babies, and I was like, "Who writes this show?" <laughs> White men. White men. Wait, am I allowed to make these kind of jokes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is one of the main places to make those jokes. And then uh, Mike and Tina. Mike is like, I haven't decided where my mom's going, or my mom hasn't decided where I'm going to school yet. I haven't decided where my mom's going to school yet. <laughs> yeah. She's Your like, mom goes to college. <laughs> Sanford or wherever. Do some other yeah. school. And then Tina's Harvard a junior. Or Stanford? Harvard or Stanford. Oh. And oh. T- Tina's a junior and Artie's a junior, which they're telling us now because we had no idea. Yeah. And then he said, and the wheelchair adds a year. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're a junior? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you look like a senior. And I'm like, is that supposed to be that, like, old people are in wheelchairs? And also, like, a junior, senior in high school joke? Like, that's not even good. That's the senior way that teacher. I took it. Yeah. I mean, that is 
absolutely the way it was intended. That's not good. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, Thumbs just, down. Just, just wait. I was texting Holland during um the next couple of characters introductions. <laughs> not, not to spoil the next few minutes. Um, we meet the cheerleaders Uh, Santana is talking about being the she's going to be the next head cheerleader uh, and formatting her life after her top Latina role model Paula Abdul um, who is not Latina as far as I'm aware of Um, I should have known well Jacob Ben Israel says she's an Arab but it's Jacob Ben Israel (laughs) true Let's Google it. I have no idea. Yeah. And then uh, he asked Brittany what her future plans are, and she's like, are you working on a time machine too? (laughs) I love her. I forgot how much I loved her. Fun fact. Paula Abdul's father is Syrian Jewish, and she was raised, and he was raised in Brazil. And yeah, she was raised uh, Ashkenazi Jewish. I don't I don't know what the joke was supposed to be there. Okay. <laughs> Glee. Glee. Uh, and then Rachel and Kurt. Rachel's like, I'm gonna originate the role in a son a role in a Sondheim musical. We're gonna go to New York and be in a an acting school. And Kurt's like, Juilliard. And Kurt's like, and I'll be married by 30 legally. Yeah, which um so he would have been. I kind of like barely did the math in my head, but I was like if you're saying like 20, I think he said 25. I think that's what I wrote down. So I was like, uh, yeah, he might have been able to by 25. I don't think gay marriage was legalized by that point. No. no. It, okay. uh, it happened on my birthday in 2013, 14, 2014. I think it was 2014. Hey guys, it's Hannah here with an actual fact check for you, especially because this one is so important. On June 26, 2015, the Supreme Court struck down all state-specific bans on gay marriage, thus legalizing it. So it was actually 2015, not 2014. Sorry for that mistake. And now back to the show. So it wasn't, so like he wasn't saying my goal is to get married. That was a joke. No. They wrote that as a joke. Well, as a joke because gay marriage wasn't legalized. That's you know, what I'm his, saying. No, but it was, was his goal it, like, was hopefully. that hopefully it'll be legal. But okay, I don't remember the context of this scene. So it I was might, still but... in the intro. They were talking about their goals, and he was like, "She's like, I'm gonna win a Tony by 20." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony by 20, and he's like married he's by like, 30. Legally. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, but okay, and, even though he's saying it seriously. Was it written as a joke? I don't think so. No, I think they were meni- meaning it to be hopeful. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's giving the Glee writers too much credit. <laughs> all right, all right, and then he's asking if anyone has seen Quinn Fabray. And then we do get introduced to Quinn Fabray. She has, <laughs> <laughs> she has pink hair. Um, a and nose she, ring. A nose ring, an ironic Brian Seacrest tattoo. Um, that was the worst part I actually really liked her her look yes her look I like did she too. got she got an overhaul on the um what is it called when you get a makeover she got a makeover 
yeah. An yes. overhaul. An overhaul <laughs> on the face. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, no, it's um it's edgy. She's edgy now. She smokes because she's cool, except smoking is not cool. Yeah, that, no. I didn't like that. Vaping is also not cool. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad for your lungs. Mm-hmm. You get popcorn lung but I, and cancer. I, I appreciated it when she came on screen because during quarantine, my hair was growing too long. So I learned how to cut my own hair. Then this time when I cut my own hair, um, I was still bored and I decided to dye and pink. Nice. They quit. They, yeah, they aren't showing so up. As you well. being Quinn really worked out. It makes yeah. sense. BuzzFeed knew it. Oh, BuzzFeed yeah. knows everything. Conveniently, I was not on the season one podcast because then we would have not had as much in common. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. Not pregnant from a hot tub. So, <laughs> um, but I have pink hair. So we. Yeah. I liked it. I I thought she was rocking it. I don't remember what happens in subsequent episodes, but I do like it, and I do like her more chill attitude. But I do hope they all become friends again. Honestly, <laughs> like, I feel like what's gonna happen is in order for her to be friends with them again, she has to go like undergo another makeover, either back the way t- to the way she was, or a different sort of makeover in a different direction. And another I'm not cool overall. with that. Yes, another, another overhaul. overhaul. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I like the I like her whole thing right now. Hmm. I so, guess we'll have to see. Yes, I'm curious. Well, because they wouldn't want another Tina. They already have like an edgy girl in Glee. The but Tina's Tina gotten is way very less edgy. Soft. That is yeah, true. she's her edginess is like gone. She looked very preppy this episode. She was which is kind of she has highlights. Yeah. The way she had actual real highlights instead of like blue highlights. Yeah, she had yeah. blonde highlights, caramel I highlights. I did not notice. I mean, it looks really Tina good. Tina and Quinn are switching places. It's <gasps> kind of strange. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Spoilers. <laughs> Lee was playing 5D chess and we didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> so the plot lines that we're going to go through after this introductions we have the will versus sue plot line we have kurt and blaine we have quinn and we have rachel and kurt so i'm going to do the will and sue plot line because that's like the largest one and then we'll do we'll go through the others real quick so at the end of that intro sequence Finn gets hit with a bunch of slushies by the hockey players, right? Yeah. And the one guy goes, like, something, something, gliotch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, was that Emily from the Glee Project in a mullet? She was one who (laughs) said gliotch last time. So, yeah, that's a – I was excited about that. I thought of Emily, too. I wonder if they stole that from her, the writer. was like, ooh, that's good. (laughs) And then Emily's like – Emily's like, wow, I fucking said that. (laughs) Okay. They seem to be scraping from the bottom of the barrel with creativity, so... Yeah, they're stealing from other people now. I wonder if they had them all, like, sign a contract saying, as long as you're on this reality TV show, we can use anything that you say in the show. Probably. Probably. Yeah. 
I we can use it happened. in the Glee project, and we can use it in Glee. Mm -hmm. That's probably what was in their contract. This is one of the reasons I don't want to work at Disney, because I want to keep my intellectual property. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have signed over my intellectual property to my current employer, but I had none going into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. You there just you don't do it. <laughs> You, so you, like, you can have it. I don't have pageants. I'm probably not going to create any while I work here. <laughs> yeah, I've always said that if I ever got hired at Disney, which like I've never even applied for a role there, but if I ever did, I would uh, write a porno. So then it would be a Disney porno because <laughs> they would own it. That's a thing. Did you know that? What? There's, Wait, like, no. a whole, there's a whole section in like the, because they have to keep everything the artists create. There's this whole section of Disney, Disney character Plus. porn. That's like well, in their I plus plus. <laughs> no, Disney plus plus. In like Disney X. Disney X. <laughs> Your new streaming I... service. Plus <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's like in the archives of like where they keep what their artists create. There's a bunch of Disney porn because artists mm -hmm. get frustrated and so they're like, Well, if I can draw your characters, only draw your characters, I'm gonna draw them uh, pornographically. You can't do anything like in your own time. time. Even if you write something that's not even Disney related, like I was literally saying, like I would literally just like write and produce a porn, just like not even Disney related, and technically Disney would own it. But you're allowed to do that in your free time. But they yeah, own anything it. you do in your free time. Disney anything owns. like not like even if you're at your house, I do work for them. If one of us worked for Disney, they would own this podcast. Yeah, they would. <laughs> How much will they pay for it is my question. They won't. Absolutely they nothing. own it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, support your uh, your indie streaming service, Disney Plus. And Disney X coming Disney soon. Disney X oh my coming gosh. soon. Wink. Do a Mac. Wink. Okay. So, uh, so the Will and Emma plot um, and Sue. So Will and Emma wake up in their bedroom and Will says to Emma... <laughs> Because apparently they're sleeping together and living oh, together now. Do we really have to talk about this part? Oh, I'm going to talk about this part where he's like, he leans I'm over. I'm going to talk about it conservatively for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, guess who woke up or just before I did? And she's like. He's talking about his fucking morning wood. Like, I just, my face is melting. I am. I did not pick up on that. Podcast. What? I did not. This went right over my head. <laughs> oh, I picked oh, that man. up, and I was I... like, "He is talking about his penis right now." I picked it up, and I, I wish that I had. I well, so what happened was this is not even three minutes into the episode. I had to pause it and scream because <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Because one, he was shirtless. Two, they were in bed together. And like three, he was talking about his morning wood, and I'm just like, no. Do y'all want a homeschooler story about morning wood? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a possibility. I did not remember it until this very moment. And names will not be named, and I'm pretty sure said person does not listen to podcast slash her parents would not find it, and if they did, it was hilarious because they were grown adults who have procreated. Anyways, <laughs> um, some friends, Colin, as soon as I started talking about Colin, will know who 
this is, um, but they go on this bike ride across Michigan every summer and they're just riding bikes. It's a ton of homeschool families, but also whoever. Um, it's just like a giant group. And apparently someone had a Ken doll and he named him Ken Morningwood. And so my friend's mom, who is up in her years, not like just basically, I mean, she's had three kids and she was going around being like, everyone, this is Ken Morningwood. Ha ha. What a funny name in a way that she definitely did not know what that meant. She just thought it was a silly name. And so she went around this camp with all the bikers showing off this Ken doll and telling everyone how his name was Ken Morningwood. Oh my this gosh, I did not know woman. this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And my friend came back and told me and she was mortified, but like obviously she didn't have the heart to tell her mom at that point. <laughs> yeah, because also like at, at what point is it like how can you as a child explain that to your parent I mean, as so a they were like, where did you learn child, that? Like, yeah. Oh, she said person learned it at public school because she left homeschooling and joined public school. When tisk, I tisk. So anyways, that is my homeschooling. That's your morning homeschooler morning wood story. Like literally, there's never been a context to bring that up until now. <laughs> Lee gave that to You're you. welcome. I'm glad we could help you get that off your chest. <laughs> I also wanted to help give you content. Colin brought up homeschool bubble, so I said, okay, I, I shall provide. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, Will talked about his penis. I died. Hannah died. Emma's not into having sex with him and walks away. Yeah, so Emma walks away. I thought she didn't want to kiss him because she had morning breath. Okay, sue me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they're getting their... Lunch is ready. They have a Superman and Wonder Woman lunchbox. Um, and they like do a little kiss and they get, and then they go off to school together. Um, and then Will has this idea to inspire the Glee Club. Almada of Almada's Pianos donated three pianos that were from foreclosed homes and Will painted them purple and is going to leave them around the school. And he's like, whenever you see it, I want you to play it and sing a song. Question. Why did he paint them purple? Yeah, so the purple piano project, that was like a thing, right? When this was happening. What? Really? It sounds familiar. I think there was an actual like um, countrywide project. I think so, unless I'm making this up. Um, well, is it something else like Pink Piano Project? Because I feel like they I couldn't do. I thought there do... was, but maybe not. Because like literally, when I googled that, it's just the Glee episode. I'm like, I'm also googling it. It's like Glee, Glee. Yeah, Glee. I thought there was some sort of like project where like there would be pianos in public places. Maybe not purple, but there would be pianos in there in public places, and people would would be encouraged to like be musical or whatever. That sounds familiar. It sounds like that happened. I mean, pretty sure it did, unless it was just a hallucination, which is also possible. It's been a long year. It's Hannah again. Another fact check that's not quite as vital, but still important. From what I can tell from a Google search, Piano Projects actually became a thing back in 2013, which was about two years after this episode 
aired. So maybe Glee inspired local communities to fix up and decorate old pianos and place them in public places to inspire a love of music. Piano projects are actually still a thing with different iterations of the idea happening around the world, even in 2020. So we were kind of right, kind of wrong, but yeah. Anyway, back to the show. Again. I think it just like purple is honestly just the signifier. They wanted an alliteration. That too, but it's also like the, the signifier, of the, like as if a piano in a random spot in the school wasn't gonna be enough. This one, like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. But he had to paint it purple. But it did actually make me think, and we can talk about it a little bit um, when we get to Sue when we first see her. But how Alyssa always says that the color purple while it can represent other things, represents death. And I was like, something bad's going to happen to these pianos. That's the first thing I thought. And I don't even remember this episode. So spoiler alert for the rest of the episode. I was like, are you going to say piano for people? So funny, they all die. The pianos all die. They do. They do. Um, uh, yeah, so meanwhile, Sue is running for office. And she is behind in the polls. Um, and she's behind the rapist running from prison, anyone white, um, and undecided, and please don't call me during dinner. So you can't run from prison. You can't even vote. <laughs> you can't. You can't vote. You can't. Also, fun <laughs> fact, you know what color Sue was wearing in those scenes? Purple. She was wearing purple. purple. Mm-hmm. When she was like, oh yeah, we're going to do these purple pianos. And like Tina says, oh yeah, it's because like, even though they're old and kind of broken, they still can make beautiful music. And I was like, oh, Sue's wearing purple. Maybe she is broken, but can still make beautiful music or she's going to die. <laughs> or... I channeled my inner Alyssa during this episode. It was very, very, very weird, actually. I did not ever expect that, but it happened. (laughs) Or maybe the pianos are actually horcruxes of Mr. Shoe. I believe that. Horcrux. Yeah. Mind blown. This was actually, fun fact, this was the first season... Uh, written by a writer's room instead of just by Ryan Murphy, uh, Ian Brennan, and Brad Falchuk. Yeah, I saw a staff writer come up and I was like, a staff writer? That sounds like white men. Yeah, those were all white men that he listed. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I want to know the diversity of the writer's room. That's a really good question. We should start tracking that. Let me see who Mm -hmm. wrote this. Um, and so Sue overhears Mike and Tina playing on the purple piano. They're playing chopsticks. Um, it was written by Brad Felchuk. I did not catch that. Yeah. What? They were? Yeah. I did not catch that either. Because she started destroying the piano before it registered. Yeah. I also don't know what chopstick sounds like because I can't play a piano. That literally sounds like nothing to me, Alyssa. So Sue hears them playing chopsticks. <laughs> that is bananas. This, whatever, let's move on. We already know that they are not kind to people of other races. 
they like to make these jokes and so that's why when sue comes up she's like she just destroys the piano and she's like oh i'm sorry i didn't realize that that might have been the national anthem of whatever country you're from Asian. i i definitely heard that part but i did not wow that's Yeah, and Mike is like, that's super racist. And I'm like, just because you pointed out, Glee. Doesn't necessarily <laughs> make the joke. Yeah. That's something that Glee really struggles with. And I think, it, I want to, I, no, I don't want to give it the credit. It's definitely partly because it's also like, we're however many years past this point and we've progressed kind of as society. But also like, it's just not aging well in general, because it wasn't even good then. Yeah. Um, and then, so she tears up the piano, and this teacher is like, who is the math teacher that, the geometry <laughs> teacher that Sue doesn't recognize? She's like, oh, awkward. Um, she's like, I've been teaching here for 45 years. Um, but she's like, these artsy kids think they can get away with anything. Uh, you have, God bless you, Sue Sylvester. You have my vote. Also, does a math teacher just teach geometry? Like, I don't think there's that many geometry classes in a single school, is there? Because geometry is just one year. There was in my school. Yeah, but it's, wait, I don't know, maybe she taught more than geometry. Yeah, like, typically, my geometry teacher was like, I'm a math teacher, and I teach geometry and algebra too. Like, Yeah, but usually that's... That's why I was really, I was, I was very confused by that. I was like, I was like, that must be a giant school. And she's just teaching like six separate groups of sophomores and some juniors and seniors who haven't gotten past it yet. But it can't be that big if they needed Finn originally to be on the football team and in the choir. In yeah. the well, I don't know because Beast later on says that she cut 60 people from football tryouts and how many people get on the team? Like 20-something? 20 25? So you have leftover players and on both sides of the line. So like... Do they ever say how many kids are in the school? Like total? Like how big this school is? No. But they have an outdoory campus, so clearly... Maybe. It's big. And I don't know. I, I think Okay, so now I'm going back to the theory that maybe the time machine did work. Because <laughs> she's been there for 45 years, and they're trying to send us a message. 2020. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's very subtly in there, because she's talking about just geometry. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the signal. That's, that's what signal. woke us up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the snap. It's like, time machine did work. They're throwing us for a loop. It worked. <laughs> so she yells at Mike and Tina, and then she comes out on her show. Uh, Sue's Corner is being against the arts, and so if she gets elected to replace the senator who had a heart attack, or the local representative, not senator. I don't know what she's running for. Okay. Like, what level? Isn't she running for, like, a state senator or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I have no idea, actually, now that like, I think about it. Like, is it the U.S. Senate, or, like... Like I think it's the, local. Yeah, so like the Senate oh. within the specific state, so Ohio State Senate. So basically, yeah. like, there's the United States Senate, and then there's state senates throughout each state. Yeah, and so she's going to ban arts funding until every student at the school can read at or above grade level. Whew. When she said that, I was like, 
you do not judge a fish by its ability to ride a bike. Have you wow. ever heard that quote? No. Uh, yes. Who said that? Oh, um, it's an inspirational poster. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Einstein. I'm pretty sure. But I'm like, not all kids will get to that reading level, but that does not mean they don't have other skills. And taking away the mm-hmm. art, that could be the one skill in which they are a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, so then the next day, Will comes in and he's like, Sue, you got your facts wrong. The arts help kids. They help kids avoid substance abuse. Um, and he like storms in, she can't do this, but I'm like, she can do, run on whatever platform she wants and the principal has nothing to do with it. Like, yeah, why is he in the principal's office? Yeah, he's, she's talking to Figgins. He bursts in the principal's office. Figgins doesn't say a goddamn word. And then, so they're talking about this. He's like complaining. And then Sue mentions something about his sex life. And then all of a sudden he's talking about his sex life. And I'm like, what is uh, happening? Stop talking about your penis. I think Glee doesn't have an HR department. I think that's oh. our- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Principal Dickens was talking for the six weeks? No, no. Will was. Okay. <laughs> really confused. Oh, I was God. like, I don't remember Could that you scene. <laughs> so, because Will is like, she can't do this. The arts help people. She's like, tell that to Janice Joplin. And then... Um, yeah, because he's like, they it, it helps reduce substance abuse, and then she's tell it to Janis Joplin. And I'm like, okay, that's a point, but not a good point. He's like, I'm trying to start a family. Um, I'm trying to, like, I need money. Like, you're Which, going after my livelihood. Emma has never brought up. They have never talked about that. So, like, where is that coming from? Wanting to they start a family. Touch each other for that to happen. Yeah, like, at the very least, you have to touch each other. Touch is Ken Morningwood. I mean, you don't oh. now. You could just, you know, like be artificially inseminated. Right. And they could touch then. each other. Yeah. <laughs> I think in this context, obviously, we're saying that like he's, they. it's assumed that like they've talked, but like what we can tell, like it looks, seems like she's barely interested in him. Like she only likes the lunches he makes don't understand why they're living together like there's no what happened last season it just happened it just happened there was no lead up oh they moved in during the off season that would have made for such good content would Mm -hmm. it i don't want to see any shoe content okay so we less the better yes yeah well we do you can like him if you want no i was very annoyed by him i just have trouble expressing if it was like a super unpopular opinion I don't have enough to defend it. This is the most popular opinion on the show. <laughs> but during, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to skip to other parts of the plot, but I was like, you are whiny and annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am surprised that they didn't capitalize on like the whole moving in aspect of a relationship. Right. right. Yeah. That yeah. is like good story moment. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that they hadn't, they couldn't have been dating that long. So, like, Mm -hmm. they literally just started dating and then moved in. Unless she's just staying over. Maybe her house. I can't imagine Emma just, like, having a drawer. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Didn't she, like, disinfect everything? She would, like, disinfect. She would have a So then how did she? None of this makes any sense. Mm -mm. And I honestly, I don't care enough to continue about it. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I really don't care about them. 
Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason they skipped over the moving in part is because because they're like, they no one wants to see this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. we don't need to justify this. And we're not going to ever. There. So he's like, yeah, we're starting. You're going after my livelihood. I'm trying to start a family. And he's like, oh, so you moved in with the redhead. I bet things in the bedroom are perfectly normal. And he's like, no, they're not. And I'm like, what? Why is Why he would you the move pivot and tell that to your worst enemy? and your boss okay what if sue and emma had a fling beforehand and she Mm. had insider knowledge now that's content that would be very interesting that's for the the glee boot on the glee boot you have all these like relationships that were never shown on screen oh yeah yeah like sam and mercedes (laughs) it happened for four seconds (laughs) or his pivot like was insane it was literally insane. Nonsensical I was, at all. No. Like he, just He's like, I get the green light and then I get the red light just as fast. And I'm just like, and that's how consent works, Will. So <laughs> I have a feeling this is gonna be obviously revisited. Uh her green light, red light kind of thing. And there's gonna be some really problematic conversation about consent. I just I have a feeling. Consent can be taken away at any point without explanation. Absolutely. In the end, I just won't be part of that for future conversation, so I just need to make sure. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. PSA. 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 And not listening. No means no. So then later on, after the Glee Club does the lunch demonstration, which we'll get to in a different plot, the Sugar Mata comes in, um, and she's like, Hi, you guys sucked, um, but I'm awesome. Sorry, I have undiagnosed Asperger, self-diagnosed Asperger's, so I can basically say whatever I want. I'm like a diplomat's daughter. I, yeah, that happened. She's a character they created. According to IMDb, that is one of the more controversial points of the show. Yeah, I can imagine why. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Like, it kind of feels... it's not funny? Yeah, it kind of feels really, like, both, like, making fun of people who have actual Asperger's and other uh, spectrum disorders, or I don't know what the proper term is, Um, and also, like, exploiting that experience at the same time like so that they can actually like possibly have that representation i don't think they were trying to represent anything i feel like they kind of were in glee's twisted way but did they know did did they know how awful they were being because she's like it's undiagnosed and therefore that means it might not be real so So, yeah self-diagnosed that means like she just says that she has it and they're like being like stereotypes yeah um it's obviously like belittling mental illness and Mm -hmm. from my experience people who have mental illness typically don't choose to have it it's not a fun quirky personality trait it's not just like a little fun thing you can just turn on and off and also, get even if you have asterisk star, I'm like, this does not go in all cases. But like, depending on your mental illness and like the severity for people who have like more mild 
slash high functioning, which she seems like, I'm like, does not give you an excuse to be an asshole. Yeah. Well, and also it's like, I don't really know how well they really handled Becky in some cases. Even sometimes I feel like they do stuff better by Becky, mostly because like she's been around longer except for that time in the prom episode where they just like gave her another person with down syndrome to be her prom date um but i feel like okay maybe this isn't the best treatment but i do feel like they empowered her like she was kind of a badass granted she was like sue's minion yeah like she had power like for sure in the situations obviously not that the (laughs) and i think like I just think that, like, Sugar Mata is already a very, like, she's going to be a hard sell for people because have we even gotten to her, right? Yeah, this is yeah, why we're, we're talking on. about yes. her. Okay, first yeah. I thought we had skipped ahead. I was like, oh, God. But no, so, like, so basically, like, she comes in and she's like, I'm going to audition. And they're like, okay, cool. And she auditions and she's really horrible we're not going to root for her if she's not good, mm-hmm. you know? We're also not going to root for her. She she literally came in and was an asshole regardless of whatever condition she says she may or may not have. So, like, that's going to be a really hard sell because she was mean and she's not good. And then, like, we only feel bad for Shu having to, like, let her down, spoiler alert, but, like, there was, there was a lot more even from the beginning to like about Becky than this character well, also so becky, i just like yeah becky's actually representing a group of people yeah and i don't know anything about this actress whether or not she has right Asperger's like, or i don't have to look it up so um something that comes up a lot and like i like i don't want to mislabel it but i like mental illness can be like you can get like disability like accommodations and things at work but a lot of times even just society is built for if you have more of like a physical disability or if it is physically shown on your body people believe it and tend to like treat it with different Mm -hmm. care than a mental um like anything mental Mm -hmm. because they can't Mm -hmm. see it in front of them um and so that might also play into it since yeah typically autism is something like it's not physically shown on the body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and because there are other people with like physical disabilities that that they can see, just society treats them different. Also, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know she's someone, a tricky character. Yeah, I I know someone from college, from my undergrad, who um, has high functioning autism, and I don't follow him a lot, but I do know he is always uh, advocating for. Uh, films to be people with autism in films to be represented by mm-hmm. actors who have autism so I get yeah. the feeling that this is not something that happens a lot of the time yeah. so I mean they had a guy who could walk play a person in a wheelchair exactly yeah. it's there it's it's hard for me to believe that the actress who played uh sugar what what's her name sugar Mata. sugar Mata. Oh. What? Like, what? Where did that name come from? I have no idea. No clue. 
Yeah, so we met our new favorite character, Sugar Mata. She's bad at her audition, and Will uh, is like, uh, Sugar, and Rachel is, he's like, um, um, and Rachel's like, takes it over and is like, we'll be in touch. And so she's like, okay, and she leaves, and she's like, you can't have her on the team. She'll drag us down, and we won't win nationals. As you said, this was our year to win. Um... And so Will is then talking with Beast and Emma about what to do about it. And that's what Beast brings up, that she cuts 60 guys every year from her football team. I have a question. Was this not an audition? It was an audition, right? That implies that you could cut the person. But the thing is that he's always said his 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 motto, instead of motto, uh, his motto for the Glee Club was literally anyone who auditions gets in and because she auditioned she gets in but she's horrible was that season one yeah okay yeah um but i mean he reminded us of that in the episode because i wouldn't have remembered that he literally was just like he turned around to rachel because rachel was like freaking out and Honestly, I have to say, like, kind of for good reason. She, I mean, we can talk about it now or more when we get to her storyline, but she makes the point that, like, if we really want to win, we need to get our best people, even though she's kind of acts like a brat about it. But she makes a good point. But he does turn around and he's like, anyone who auditions gets in, and that's sort of where it becomes. But it's also, like, that kind of feels like a no-brainer to me, but... You know, she was just such a nice guy. You know, he doesn't want to hurt anyone. It brings up what I consider like this dichotomy in the Glee Club that is never quite resolved. Is this like a fun club for people who might not always fit in or is this about winning? Right. True. And they want it to be both. And this is actually kind of clever of Glee to point out that like you can't always be both. Yep. Um, and so Will has to make a choice. So I actually think this, I don't think it was executed well, but the concept, like the thinking behind the storyline, it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I would for keep sure. something like this in the Glee booth. Maybe not with sugar. Definitely not with sugar. And, and but especially, maybe with a character named Salt. <laughs> <laughs> or Paprika. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Pepper. Susie Pepper, Pepper. Pepper Potts can come back. What a thought um but yeah no i agree um and i think as i get more into competitions that and maybe it will in the season get more complex in that like you know as they're continuing to compete with other groups that are just as good you know and seeing their dynamic um yeah i think that's that would definitely be interesting in the glee boot for sure yeah speaking Mm -hmm. as someone who got cut from the chorus of fame her sophomore year of high school and never auditioned. I mean, I'm not good at singing and that you had to be good at dancing. But I understand it is traumatizing to like not be good at these things in high school, but also not be included. But the differentiator of competition versus just fun is important. Maybe maybe they have like a varsity and a JV or like a red and a blue and everyone knows which one is the good group, but they don't. Right say it they don't talk about it <laughs> like honestly yeah i mean that like you you have second string in sports mm-hmm. why couldn't you do that exactly in club? yeah 
that actually would have been a really good point for beast to make because she's like <laughs> she's just like yeah i cut 60 kids but she could have also made the point like well maybe you have a second string i think that's a really good point she mm-hmm. said make like a mascot or a water boy a water boy yeah which like <laughs> you can't really reason. do in yeah <laughs> i feel like saying like second string would have been it because also, better. how come we didn't have this point with Lauren Zeiss when she came in? Because she came in as just a body. Why can't Sugar Mata be just a body? They yeah. can just not mic her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, like, or don't tell her. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, Lauren Zeiss never had to go through this. Like, well, I feel they like. They needed Lauren Zeiss. They don't need they, Sugar Mata. They do. They need do. Sugar They're because like two Sam's people down. Gone. They the just, twins gone. They're two and they down. Yeah, so, so they, so they don't body. have the number of people that they need. So they need to hold auditions to, mm. but Blaine comes back. So aren't they just one person down? Yeah. Okay, so they're one person down. They're just being picky, which, again, to Rachel's point, like makes sense. Like if they really want to win, they do kind of have to have the best people. But yeah, Sugar can be on the second string and just perform at, you know, the weird assemblies they have once a year and or twice a year. The competitions that like... The competitions that matter, she's moral support. I'm like, I was about to make... I like the the competitions the Abby Lee Dance Company would not go to. It's like these (laughs) are the local... The local, like, small ones that will not be, like, nationally televised. Like, they can still have yeah. their own circuit. Just a different. Not worse, just a different circuit. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so then Will has this idea because he's upset about Sue. Um, and it, he's like, I'm going to confront, I'm going to counterattack Sue. And Emma's like, that's what being turned on feels like. No, that's not what he says. He says, General Schuster is going to come with a counterattack. That's what he says. That's very important that we point that out. And General then we connect Schuster. it with what Emma says that this is what being turned on feels like. Now, this brings an interesting point that I discussed with you guys previously. Someone on Tumblr had reached out to us and asked us what we thought about Emma possibly being asexual. Yes, and immediately my that. mind went to like the various moments in previous seasons where she seemed to be pretty turned on but this moment really actually reminded me of that this actually this whole episode where she really did not seem at all physically attracted or engaged with him so so yeah I just thought that was uh, an interesting tidbit in this episode well I was curious I did not even realize the morning bedroom scene was what it was but it implied that other things had been done prior. And I'm like, so you lied to him? Like, if, if that was the first time she knew what being turned on felt like. Yeah, it's it not that feeling too. A very enjoyable relationship up until this point for her. Right. Like, the whole morning thing, like, I could tell that she didn't want to have sex in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, it didn't occur to me. It, it was more like, so they've had sex at other times. She just doesn't want to have sex right now. But do we know that they've had sex at other times? No, but that's what it felt like it was implying that to me. And maybe I was okay, reading okay. into it, but that's what I, I understand. But then if she doesn't know what being turned on feels like, maybe either they had not or she just... 
they, taken it. They have not because I know when they, they do. Oh, they have not. That's what yeah. I thought. I thought there was going to be that moment because I mean they made it such a big deal in previous Last seasons. Season. Yeah. Right. It um, just felt like very. I don't know. Um, I get what you mean. Like it looks like it implies yes. that they right. had sex. And right. I think part of the the problem here is that they skip over so many parts of their relationship that I have no idea where we're coming in at. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, they fucking moved in together and we're like, what? Yeah. Well, come on. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, that doesn't quite line up for me because, again, I'll go back to the Rocky Horror episode, which a couple weeks ago, everyone decided was the worst episode of season two, and no one's going to dispute that. <laughs> um, but, like, she literally is, like, panting with him and like there are other moments where she like looks at him longingly like is that not sexual attraction like or is it just like romantic infatuation like that's what's kind of confusing me like you know how you have like a crush on someone and then you're romantically infatuated with them and you think you're being turned on but then you're actually and then like later you find out oh no, this is what that feels like. Right, so it's like a different level. Right, so she, maybe, she, maybe she thought that she was being turned on previously, mm. and now it's like, oh no, I wasn't. That's what this feels like. So well, if General that's Schuster what's going on... is the next that, level of sexy. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, that's what makes that even worse. Yeah, exactly. So maybe she has like a military fetish, like a... Like a specifically like high-ranking military member fetish that's <laughs> that's what turned Possibly. it from lust to love <laughs> oh. i can just picture her in like a, a civil war era gown and him dressed up as like a civil war general and they're doing like role play and stuff oh my god <laughs> what's the yep. name Commander Schuster, what like general? How far? Oh, can you... the next step. Major. What Schuster? is after general? Is there anything after general? Does I don't anyone know. know? No. Here, let's... General with two stars. Commander Schuster. General with three stars. It's all about the uniform after general. <laughs> all right. Well, we looked that up. Uh, I'm gonna keep moving on. Because we're There's still on the first Brigadier story. Brigadier General, Major General. Yeah, I think that's that's it. <laughs> you can become. That's it. Yeah, just general, right? Fall so. downhill from here. There's general, and then there's general of the army. Ooh. <laughs> okay, let's move on because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but I made it uncom- very uncomfortable. So that's. <laughs> And that's on yeah. <laughs> um, so they so Sue is doing Cheerios tryouts, but she's like, I don't intend on having anyone new, but I just like to judge people and crush dreams because she made uh Santana and Becky co-captains of the Cheerios. And uh Becky's like, I can't work with her. And Santana's <laughs> like, I don't see anyone who's different or whatever. I just see someone who I need to destroy they get in my way she so, literally mentioned she's like i don't see however many chromosomes someone does or does not have and i was like okay that's kind of clever like i get it 
sounded it was problematic but i think it sounded kind of inclusive as well yes it was problematically inclusive or inclusively <laughs> problematic i don't know which which is yes. kind of Glee's brand yes yeah and that's why yeah. i was like okay that's, that's <laughs> clever but not that hard <laughs> well it's good that you like don't want to work with her because of like personality versus things she can't control right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but i loved what becky was like i can't work with her i was like girl <laughs> you're right becky Becky had my favorite line this episode where she was like, I need to find something. I took my pro deportation stance and and I was like, ooh. And (laughs) people didn't like that. They need like a candidate who's against something. And Becky's like, what about toast? Oh, Bread's yes. already been baked. Why does it need to be baked again? And, and like, she's like, you're diabolical genius. I was like, that, she's right though. Becky's right. Yeah. So that was that was my favorite moment. Um, but then, uh, so they're doing tryouts and Will shows up and he just starts giving facts about how the arts help kids and throwing glitter at Sue. And then he just dumps glitter on her and is like, you've been glitter bombed. And Emma's filming the whole time. They run off together. And it is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I could not have hated any Will moment more. Which Is, is it worse than the song song? It's up there. The, the fact that I have to think about it yeah, that's a problem. What about Touch a Touch Me? <laughs> well, oh. I mean, the Rocky Horror episode is in a section all It's, it's itself. in a separate... I'm, I'm removing yeah. it from the yeah, rest that's of the valid. So I did... There was one part of the scene that I hope I'm not misremembering um, that I did appreciate, but it was Sue insulting his ramen noodle hair, I believe is what? <laughs> Macaroni <laughs> hair. Macaroni yeah. hair. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> in my mind... I was like, Justin Timberlake, <laughs> this is your moment. Nope. Okay, Will, you pass your moment. And then I was like, flip camera. I bought one of those in college so I could be a vlogger. I never actually committed to filming anything and uploading it, but I bought one. <laughs> like that technology was so cool at the time, but it just looks dumb that that's what she's filming him on. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even like realize that, but now I'm seeing it I'm like, Yes, no, I remember I remember those being all rage. Yeah, this this happens. It's supremely stupid. And then uh not only is it stupid, but it's just like petty. It's like the stupid and petty that it 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 somehow is it's childish. Of, yeah, it's like reminiscent of the guy who throws a tenter ten, temper tantrum in the store because you're right. wearing a mask. Yes. This is what this reminds me of. Like that level. <laughs> Will Schuster is a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so Will has to let down Sugar Mata and he's, it cuts to when he says like, you can't be on the team. And she's like, well, who cares what you think? You're a Broadway wannabe who like, who's washed up and who like, has never done anything, and you've led the glass, the glee club to how many national wins? Zero, not Asperger's. And she storms off. And then Sue is like, "Oh, I'm so happy with you, Will." And he's like, "That was not easy to do." And he's like, and she's like, "No, I'm talking about your pixie dust filled hate crime. You know what people love? A martyr. I went up seven spots in the polls or whatever after your little incident." And I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I would hate whatever that guy stood for, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of like, this is not surprising to anyone. But I also, okay, so Sugar Mana hated her, except she was so accurate. And I find <laughs> that mm-hmm. when being confronted, um, just in different situations in my life, that men do not 
like women with opinions, but especially if they're accurate. If mm. you like hit them at the court, even if you don't mean to, if you like accurately understand them. So she got him though. Like, where's the lie? One other thing that I wanted to mention, this is earlier on in his story, but one of the kids in Glee Club mentioned that uh, the person who replaced him in the April Rhodes one woman show uh, Whatever, won a Tony. <laughs> and I was like, for what? It's a one woman show. Who is this man? What is he doing? <laughs> and also, why did he win a Tony? That was garbage. Glee Boot, you actually see the production of the One Woman Show. One whole episode is just like the highlights of that. Well, the highlights of Will's performances and then the highlights of the person who actually won the Tony. Yeah, it's going to be like an episode of Smash. Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are all loves together. <laughs> That was like a funny thing that carried through this. And then, of course, Sugar Mata being like, you can't even help your students win. And you can't like it sort of like highlights that missed Tony opportunity, which is also bullshit. But anyway, so that's the end of Will's storyline. I'm going to do the final scene because it wraps up all the storylines. We're going to do that at the end. Okay. Um, so next we're going to talk about Quinn. Um, An so- edgy queen. <laughs> edgy queen Quinn. Especially she does not show up a ton in this episode. Yeah, it's a pretty short yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cheerleaders, like Santana and Brittany, are like, come on, come back to cheerleading. And she's like, you're suckers for going back to Sue. And they're like, uh, no, it's not about her. It's about doing this for us. Like, we we all joined Cheerios together. We all slept with Puckerman the same year. Um, that should not be a celebration. No. Especially Quinn was raped by Puckerman this is the same year. I got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, if you think about it, though, like, celebrations aren't sometimes the things that make you friends. So maybe they're saying, this was a bad thing that happened to us this year. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have female friends who we bonded because we realized after the fact that we were all dating the same guy. And we have bonded over it. Mm-hmm. Wow. None bad of us things, When bad things to happen, happen... Wow. When bad things to happen. <laughs> when bad things to happen. <laughs> when bad things happen to people, sometimes that can make you friends. Like, I, mean, I was on a beach with people I was already friends with, but we were on a beach and there was a shooting there, and that was, like, very... a bonding moment, like, fleeing from a shooting. What? When was this? You never heard this story before? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So it was Memorial Day. Mm, I want to say the the year after I graduated from undergrad. And we all went to Silver Beach in Michigan. And there was a a gang shooting. And all we heard was like the pop, pop, pop. Because guns don't actually sound like guns do on television. So we thought it was fireworks until there was a giant wave of screaming people running towards us. Oh my god. Yes. And so then, then did you join the wave? We walked calmly, question mark, away <laughs> from the, the scene uh, down a side street that had a bunch of beach homes on it and definitely saw the getaway car as it sped down the street and like the 
person leaned out the window and looked at us. It was, it was really an interesting experience. And then we like knocked on the door of one of these beach homes and like begged them to come inside so that we weren't on the road where people were screaming and running away and there were yeah it was it was it was an interesting experience we definitely bonded over it like that's what i'm saying like a bad experience is always bad but when you experience it with other people it can help you bond and create a strong relationship here I was just about to be like, yeah, the three of us bonded over complaining about our schoolwork and and here you're talking about how you were almost in a shooting. Oh my it's, God. But it's true. Even like bad levels of experience. Have you ever noticed like when you're, when you're talking about and you don't know how to bond with someone, you always go for the thing that you both hate. Hey, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, like that's usually the safer bet. It's a uh, human, it's like a human thing. I've like, made so many friends just because of complaining about situations I'm in, because I love to bitch. That's why I'm on a podcast about bitching about right? Glee. <laughs> so that's that's how I made most of my friends. The way we're bonding <laughs> is we're all watching Glee together. Yeah. I mean, we we bonded <laughs> with you, Victoria, when you came on. We we we, we bonded and yeah. I like I do, I do sometimes. I'm trying to think about I'm like when was the last time I bonded with people um but like my my coworker and I we both have this crazy big project where we have not been like eating or sleeping or like working regular hours and so we're both like in the trenches and we're gonna get out mm-hmm. and I'm like we've only been working together for three months but we are like mm-hmm. we've been through it mm-hmm. we've been through it together and like although I don't know I cannot speak from experience that the bonding experience would be different if I had seen my life flash before my eyes knowing it was a getaway <laughs> car and you tried to be like, I did not see anything. I do not know what happened. I'm just here. I am an innocent bystander. It was it was one of the scariest moments of my life. Understandably. Was, I would probably like not go to the beach. Like any beach. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still would... love the beach. But later when we were driving away, like we went to the Jeep and we were in the Jeep, we were driving away. We legitimately stopped at the gas station and the same getaway car pulled in next to us like the same car no wait but i think my memories are getting a little bit jumbled up (laughs) (laughs) let's get back to glee sorry guys sorry guys so that's why they all bonded over puck because it was probably not a good experience yeah it was not a good experience yeah no that's valid that's valid yeah um and but quinn is like I'm different now. You never understood the pressure I was under. I'm not about the makeup and the polyester outfits. Um, so she leaves. And then, uh, so, cause she hangs out with a group called the Skanks. The Skanks. <laughs> um, I was not a fan of that name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they're trying to use it both ironically and like in a weirdly empowering way, but I'm also like, this show was written by men. Yeah. Nothing yeah, about like, it was empowering. They're all like, I make out with truckers at a rest stop. I eat yeah. cat poop. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're so empowered they don't care. But like Yes. It's like that that weird empowerment, like opposite of girl power. It's like girls can be gross and edgy, but like to a bad extreme. Like if they 
I don't know they could have said like we're all so bossy and the men would have been like yeah we're empowering them <laughs> but like and then they go and tell people what to do and everyone's yeah. like oh those bossy girls well, yeah we're something bossy. where when you think about it, it kind of makes you like gag a little bit like girls are bossy when they display leadership qualities isn't oh, yes. that gross yeah it's the grossest thing i've ever heard well one yep. of them <laughs> I mean, not oh. that I can do you one better, but I have been told in a workplace, and the comment has been made um, by a leader who was male, that apparently women are hard to manage. <laughs> I That's... am sorry you hired competent people with opinions, but you put Comic Sans on the landing page that I did not design, so therefore you do not get an opinion. Oh, yeah, no. no. Opinion immediately stripped. <laughs> you Comic also think apostrophes Comic Sans is a terrible font. You, you, you lose your right to vote <laughs> if you use Comic Sans. Yes, women are hard to manage. We are difficult for no reason. Well, you know what? Men are hard to keep alive, so... I say men are too emotional to manage. We should stop. We should. We're we're bonding over men. We're this bonding too much. <laughs> Colin's just sitting over here with his quiet. This happens a lot where we're like, oh, men," and Colin's like, "I'm a man." So Quinn is. So Rachel comes up to Quinn and is like, "We miss you in Glee Club. I miss seeing you around. And we were friends once. We weren't super close, but we were friends." And. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't call them friends. Hey, I think they bonded over something bad. What did they bond is, over? Is that what we're defining friendship now? <laughs> yes. Did they, well, did they bond they, over something bad? They, they had the songwriting scene. What were they writing about? Was it something bad? There, <laughs> Was it Puck? <laughs> but I wouldn't consider that friendship because really the reason why Quinn was like, get out of this town was because she she wanted to keep yeah she wanted to keep her life the way it was and rachel was threatening that so yeah i wouldn't call them friends i would call them teammates yeah like yeah former teammates yeah Yeah. acquaintances who bonded over something bad but not quite friends Mm -hmm. and and once she started talking i'm like do you have her exact quotes written down of what she because she, she had, like, a, a savior complex, and she's like, I should have stepped in at this yes. point. I should have stepped in at this point. Yeah, she's I like, you cut you. your hair, like, and I should have stepped in, but I didn't. And it's like, people can cut their hair. She's, and she's like, it's when fine. you started dating that 40-year-old skateboarder, and I'm like, that, Yes, what? she should have reported <laughs> that <laughs> to, to the police. Uh-huh. Because she's, what, six, 17? Maybe 17? So yeah, she's yeah. 17 because she's a senior. Or 18. But I do I do appreciate Quinn Quinn coming out and like at least doing her best to try to like set boundaries, like cut out what she perceived as like toxic, toxic from yeah. her life. I do appreciate her standing up and be like, no, I don't have to. Was there an actual offense between them? There was, right? There was between no. Santana and Quinn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I know so there's a Santana maintained her boundary, but mm-hmm. Rachel overstepped her boundary. That's the visual there meaning there. <laughs> I mean, 
That's very on brand for Rachel. Oh, yes. Santana's <laughs> always behind another wall. She always has that protection. It's that Lima Heights adjacent mentality. Um, so, so, uh, but Quinn rejects Rachel's offer to rejoin Glee Club and she's like, we're doing a tribute to the Go-Go's. Um, and we see Quinn and watching. Then, wait. <laughs> and, and then other skank goes, I prefer the Bengals. I laughed out loud. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Um, and so we'll get into the final scene with Quinn uh, at the end of the episode. Um, so let's talk about Rachel and Kurt. So they go into Emma's office because they have a big announcement to make. And Emma's like, you know, I knew this day was coming. Quite frankly, this is the only dating option. The Glee Club hasn't tried. And she puts down uh, a, pamphlet. a pamphlet that's like me and my hag. I bet you she only has one cop. B for Rachel. It has Rachel's name on it. (laughs) And they're like, oh no, we're not dating. We're announcing that we want to go to Juilliard. We want to go to school in New York. And she's like, well, Juilliard actually doesn't have a musical theater program. Like, way to do your research. I I have a lot of problems with this because, correct me if I'm wrong, but Google was very much a thing in whatever year this was, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, one of the things you have to do is, like, research the schools you want to go to. They not only should have, one, known that Juilliard didn't have the program they were interested in, and two, they should have known about this place that Emma introduces them to. Mm -hmm. because google exists they should have literally been like musical theater program college new york search yada should have been the first thing on that list i think even if it's number one even if google didn't exist they would have known this because that's the type of people they are well and that's a huge oversight for rachel she's literally had her life planned out since she was five years old exactly She would know, be like, I need to go to Niata, or she would have known that, like, I need to go to this specific school. Like, she knew Juilliard didn't have that program. Rachel does not make decisions lightly. Yeah, she would have checked that when she was in first grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. she, second she learned how to type, like, on a computer, that would be the first thing she looked up. So, yeah, it just, like, it It made made no sense. sense. Like, literally, they didn't need this scene at all. Like, they... (laughs) <laughs> they literally could have just had a scene of them like in the library being like, okay, well, I found these schools. And Rachel's like, but I found these schools. And then they come together like, oh my God, Niata. They find it on their own. Like that would make more sense. It would be more character driven rather than Emma just like handing them the information. So yeah. in the Glee boot, they take the SATs and they have a college prep course. <laughs> yes. They do research on universities. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's uh, going to be all the boring stuff that they don't have in Glee. It's going to be in the or, Glee booth. <laughs> or maybe, maybe one of the writers made that pamphlet and they had to figure out a way to work it into the storyline. Yep, line. they worked backwards. I think you're absolutely right. I always say this. They worked backwards from that pamphlet. I wasn't going to ask about it, but I'm going to ask about it because it was brought up again. And here's just me displaying my ignorance yet again. What does the pamphlet look say? It says me and my hag. me and my hag. Okay, is this a thing? It's basically a woman who has lots of gay friends. Well, in two thousand four, Urban Dictionary said it's an unattractive middle-aged or slightly older woman. So the writers might have meant that. Yeah. So, like, basic. It's it's used in. Oh, wait, so then I guess it would be for Kurt. The pamphlet is for Kurt. 
Because yes. Rachel would be the hag. Yes. Okay, okay. Sorry. So yeah, it's referring to like this gay guy and his like best gal friend type situation. It's it's hard to explain, but there the there is a slur for women who like to hang out with gay men and oh oh yes. found it yes yeah the words rhyme they rhyme yes okay. they I, do i am understanding basically the writers definitely made it and worked backwards yeah mm -hmm. yeah so Emma gives them the information for this school called Niada, which has it's a highly competitive performing arts school. It only takes number about twenty. Number one in the nation for musical theater. Number one only takes about twenty kids a year, and so Kurt and Rachel are like, "That's our school. No one ever made it a star by star by saying Bleh. No one ever became a star by playing it safe. We have to go to New York. We have to go to Niada. Wait, twenty kids a year for an undergrad program? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Very large. School. Good for me to know very large school yeah. compared to their high school that apparently has 5,000 students <laughs> has 80,000 students 80, every students. student in Ohio goes to that school according to Glee <laughs> because that's how you can cut 80 kids from your football program <laughs> um, and Beast is cutting kids from other schools <laughs> you didn't even try out but I don't want you anyways yeah. she's just going around be like no get out of my team You're like club. I didn't no <laughs> so they um so they she says there's a Niata mixer so they go to this well first at lunch they there's oh. a purple piano and Rachel is like, how come none of you are following Mr. Schuster's assignment? And they're like, it's unfair that he put it in the lunchroom. Look, you have to do the Go-Go's number. And Finn's like, oh, fine, I agree with you, Rachel. Then he turns, and the band is already there and set up. And he's I, like, play. Oh. I, I was so annoyed. But also, I liked what Mer I think it was Mercedes was like, how could we have ever seen this purple piano? Like... <laughs> And then Finn was like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Like, he was genuinely serious. He didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. And they sing, <laughs> they sing, we got the beat. Um, and they dance on the tables. And people don't like it. And then they throw food. Becky throws a slushy at Rachel. And then uh, Jacob and Israel is like, food fight. And there's a giant food fight. We see Mike Chang doing more of his favorite thing, which is throwing stuff. <laughs> um, uh, we so this is a theme throughout uh, the rest of a couple other spots where there's dancing and there's dancing cheerleaders but there's like an up the skirt shot mm -hmm. and then there's also Jacob and Israel looking the camera <laughs> up Brittany's skirt when she's doing her fancy table thrusts and I'm like excuse me well I, I was rewatching this and obviously the first time I saw it I was like I did not notice this, but there is a lot of booty. I was seeing so screen. much booty. I was, I like, was like, yep. Why did I not ask not? for this? But like specifically a close-up shot of the booty, not just the booty in the shot. The booty I saw booty was in the shot. In another it was scene, like the, I saw cheeks in another the scene. Angle being under this instead of parallel with the skirt, under the yes, I'm slightly like, under, and and it's also just like. Why? Why do we need to see that? Gross. They're high schoolers. 
which makes it even worse. I'm just like, ew. Um, so they sing the go-go's that gets food and spaghetti thrown at them and they're cleaning themselves off and that's when Sugar Mata shows up. Um, so now Rachel and Kurt go to the Niata Mixer. It's right next in a hotel next to a gun show. And we meet our first, there's a sign that says gun show, and we meet our first Glee Project alum. Lindsay! Was that the girl in the beret? Yeah. Who I was playing? actually wondering you know? if, I was actually wondering if Alyssa was going to recognize her. Oh yeah, I did. I okay. definitely did. She's playing someone named Harmony who said she was the Gerber baby and that she, as a fetus, was in Murder, She Wrote. Well, all of these, um, every single person in this room is like majorly obsessed with acting and singing and and they're all Question. dressed like Rachel and Kurt. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I skipped something. I forgot to talk about their Wizard of Oz number. Oh. Kurt and it Rachel happened. to practice. <laughs> they do Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. And they fun. have broom props and witch hats and the band is they're there. Very spoopy. <laughs> so spoopy. There's also a purple piano there. I'm like, shoot, why would you put the purple piano in there when there's already a piano in there? The purple one is different. The purple one it's special. is for recruitment. It's going to die. It is. It's going to die. <laughs> it's a horcrux. He's got to protect them. Um, so that I, happened. Yeah, I, I was very confused during this number. Because I, they like, put a from? whole bunch of new stuff in it. That's what I said. I said, what is this from? And Colin's like, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. And I was like, Colin. I'm not an idiot. Like, obviously, it's from The Wizard of Oz, but it's not quite The Wizard of Oz. Like, this is weird. It's a weird like, version where? of this song. Like, I thought it was like a whole new musical or something. Wait, it's... F what? It's just like an updated it's a jazz. It's a jazz version of Ding Dong and Witch is Dead. So yeah. there's different lyrics and stuff. It's composed to be like a duet or a solo as opposed to a large group number. Like when they take pop music what? and make it different tempos for Dancing with the Stars and it just doesn't go well. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that I'll second that. Song, <laughs> it, like, it didn't that go not... well. <laughs> that, yeah, I was like, I have no idea what this is. I'm like, I kind of recognize it, but I'm like, I don't. It was, it was like very it. strange. It didn't really do anything for me, except make me confused. Yep, I didn't like it. I wasn't even enjoying it. I was just like, I don't like this. Give me but. Teenage Dream or give me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so We need to have an episode where every song is a different version of Teenage Dream. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the episode is Glee called Boo. Teenage Dream. Yes. <laughs> um, Adolescent Nightmare. Adolescent, Adolescent Nightmare <laughs> is the SATs and researching college programs. Yes. Um, so then uh, they go to the Niata Mixer, They and then all the people who are dressed like Rachel and Kurt, they're like, we have a number we've been working on. We've been meeting here every month since we were freshmen. And they sing uh, a mashup of Anything Goes and Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better from Annie Got Your Gun. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a musical theater fun with jazz and tap dance and 
singing in high notes. It was and a lot, and I couldn't have expected less, like or more. I wouldn't have expected any less. It's, it's almost midnight and I'm like losing it. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected anything less from this group of kids. It was a lot. But I have to say, I had a lot of fun watching it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was rooting for Lindsay. I was like, you know what? I'm happy for her. Uh, like all of these kids were like Rachel and Kurt on steroids. The one kid, his and name was Gavroche, and I literally wanted to scream. I was like, why would you do that to your child? <laughs> And he Why? Said his, his future husband, Robert Pattinson, always says, I love new blood. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> did that happen in Twilight? Did I miss that? Now we need a Twilight podcast because now we have to talk about that. Mask, I, Plans, Colin, guys. remind me to send you a video clip. Master Pancake did a version of Twilight. And there was a scene that had no business being as funny as it was, but they did like a, a, a voiceover. And someone I play Animal Crossing with took a video of it on her iPad and sent me the clip after. And I was like, it made my life. So I will send it to you and share it. Um, just don't let me forget, but it's Twilight related, but also. One, the one kid's name is Canada. I'm trying to remember any of their names. But I just Gavrash, remember Harmony Canada. and I don't remember someone named Canada. Yeah, one of the guys was named Canada. <laughs> and then there were other people. But yeah, they were, which is funny, like they were all dressed like Rachel, but it made me wonder, were they actually just like Britney that one time when Britney was a fashion icon because of Rachel's style that was given to her? <laughs> something they forgot that even happened in the show they were like yeah they all dress like rachel because everyone who's a theater nerd like her dresses like this no Every single person. it's because you set up the style yeah it was like you forgot that you did that thing with britney that you have not continued um yeah so then kurt and rachel are crying in the car about how they've never been in a production they don't have any credits so you're going to be condemned to a life of community theater. What do you want Question. to say, Hannah? Why have they not done community theater? Why have they not done local theater? Why it exists. Are they not part of this group that comes and meets every, I don't even know, this, since freshman year, every. They literally would have known about this. Yes, but in exactly. general, why are they not doing local theater? Like they know this is what they want to do. Literally, here's the other thing is that if you do not have credits from high school, you're not gonna get into a program like that. Like, it, yeah. it's just very unlikely. Like, you have to have done something in high school before you get to college. So like, what were they expecting? Like, they are yeah. totally unprepared. Like, these kids are smart, but they have done no research because well, the writers like... want to set them up as like so low bar right now. But yeah. I'm like, why would you do that? Well, Kurt and doesn't have. Kurt's gonna go be class president. I'm like, no, honey, you need to do more theater. Mm -hmm. Rachel Berry would have padded her resume. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Like Rachel has done. She's a bunch been of doing stuff, competitions right? for since she was a kid. She said that yeah. in like season one. Why yeah, is she exactly. not doing theater? I can see where maybe Kurt didn't, hasn't, maybe like he didn't know right. he wanted to do this until, I don't know, a couple yeah. of years ago or something. And or maybe Rachel he's just been kind of shy about it. Yeah, like I feel like 
Rachel at definitely would have yeah. yeah, she would have been doing it. And at some point she would have looped him into doing it because he is sort of got on the same bandwagon and they would have done it together. It just makes no sense. So then like the high school production of their senior year wouldn't be their only shot to like yeah like this will be their only shot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so hopefully it happens because last mm -hmm. time they said cabaret got canceled cabaret got canceled and then mr Shu tried to do rocky horror picture show to get in emma's pants so their opportunity for these his students to have theatrical experience and build up their resume was lost because of his selfishness so uh they're crying in the car and then kurt is like no, you're, you can do, what do you see? I see Rachel Berry, you're a star, you can do this. And she's like, and you're gonna do this too, Kurt. And you, there's so many opportunities, you can run for class president. And I actually thought this scene was really sweet between the two yeah, of them. I agree. I liked it. Not logical, think, but sweet. Yes, I feel like, I feel like this could have worked if they had done all their homework and front loaded, but then their expectations were crushed. Right. I feel yeah. like that would have been a much better emotional arc, but I definitely think, but they were set up to fail from the beginning because of just how illogical it was set up. So it was a slighter fall when they got crushed, but I do think it, it's a really tender emotional moment that I think was really good. The emotional roller coaster just did not get high enough. It went for like low. this. It was yeah. literally like a tiny little baby ride. But they showed mm -hmm. a tiny bit of self-awareness of like, we think we're like big fish in a small pond <sighs> yeah. at school. Kurt like, literally is like, we were so arrogant. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, wow. Okay, that's very nice. Yeah, um, I think it would have been interesting if maybe they had done community theater, but because they're in like rural Ohio, the community theater like doesn't add up to someone who lived in California or New York who'd be competing to get into Niata and who has right. like done Christmas pantomimes with Neil Patrick Harris and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, I feel like it would have been like really interesting if these kids just had better, a lot better credits than them, like, which they did, but they came in with absolutely nothing. And it's like, are you insane? Yeah. Like you, you can do things. You have things you can do. Yeah. It's not like this is the first time you're ever trying to sing when you're trying to get into college. And then, uh, so that's really the last scene. I'm going to get to the end of their storyline in the final scene. Um, so let's jump to Kurt and Blaine. Clane. Clane. Um, why they didn't go for Blurt? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can guess why. <laughs> now we're changing it. They're Blurt from now on. Yes. So Blurt is having coffee, and Blaine is like, Are He's you in his warbler uniform. And he's like, are you giving me the silent treatment? And he's like, no, I'm being passive aggressive. And oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a passive aggressive thing to, to say by correcting him. You're like, no, I'm being passive aggressive. And he's like, you told me that by the beginning of school, you would have decided whether or not you would have switched schools. And Blaine is like, I don't know. I can't leave the warblers. They're my friends. And I'm like, also, wouldn't his parents have a say in this? Wouldn't they his parents invest money 
in his education and he's gonna be like no my boyfriend goes to public school an hour and a half away i want to go there and also since we live who knows where <laughs> i'm gonna have to commute a long way to that school it makes no sense and it's so weird of kurt to ask him to do this because it's high school it like the couples will be like okay are we gonna go to college together are we gonna go to college nearby like that kind of stuff you know i knew someone who transferred colleges to go be with their partner so like those are adult decisions these are children yeah also it is a goddamn process to transfer schools in the state of ohio i know because i did it and it is not easy and it just but anyway i digress this is bananas and I don't know why it's happening. We're talking about how Blaine transferred. Yeah, well, we're talking about how Kurt asked Blaine to transfer, and then Blaine does transfer. He shows up yes. in his little red pants and bow tie and polo. And then Kurt says, oh my gosh, I hope you didn't transfer for me. You, know, like, you literally he, asked I, him to. Yes, he does. He literally is like, oh my God, you know, I did ask you, but you know, I don't want us to be, you know, resenting or whatever. And then, then Blaine's like, no, 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 I did this for me because I wanted to be with the person I love which is sweet but also like you're a child because mm-hmm. Blaine's younger than Kurt Blaine is a junior right or a yeah. sophomore uh-huh. so I'm like so you're you went to this school for one year are you going to go back to your old school or are you going to stay here like what also Kurt's planning to go to New York so you're going to go to this school for a year like what I'm so confused and I mean then- it seems like a very logical, well thought out decision to make. It but. feels like two, like a 16 and a 7 year old made this plan. It does. So I guess it's kind of accurate. But parents, where are the parents? Yeah, where are they? What happened here? And then Blaine sings, uh, it's not unusual. He like comes out and it's honestly very swoon worthy. I thought in, he looked very handsome. In the, uh, outdoor. <laughs> the outdoor courtyard <laughs> of this Ohio, uh, Northwest Ohio school. school. I have been waiting for this moment. Because Everything. you know how many Midwestern schools have outdoor courtyards for their all-season weather, you know? Yeah, for like this single week where it's not snowing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but also everything Blink does is swoonworthy. So, I mean, um, I loved it. I overall, like, I don't know. This episode's music didn't really do it for me i was like because you had like the ding dong the witches did weird whatever it was Mm -hmm. then i was like okay blaine saved the day i'm gonna be fine i didn't like any of the songs i didn't like any of them slim pickens Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i know i wrote down there was one song i'm gonna have to look up look for it but i wrote down there was one song i think that might have no it wasn't that one it wasn't. It was part of another song that I was like, okay, this is fun. But the other part of it was not fun. And we'll talk about it very soon. So <laughs> as he's singing, uh, he's singing It's Unusual, and Santana has been assigned by Sue to destroy the purple pianos. So Santana uh, starts dancing with him, and as the cheerleaders dancing with him, there's more booty shots. And then the cheerleaders- Feet. I saw Cheeks. <laughs> I was not happy because I'm like, I don't need to see these, these women's butts. Like, it's just not necessary. It's, it's egregious. 
there were a lot like it was it didn't just happen like it kept happening yes it was almost like a theme and that is not a theme that i want in yes. this what is the theme stop but. with the butt motif <laughs> stop with the butt motif. stop trying to make butts happen <laughs> I love a good butt, but I don't need to see it in glee. And especially in a setting in which is just not appropriate especially or when relevant. You're looking at their skirts. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be children. Yeah. This is bad. So all around. The cheerleaders put a bunch of gas or like lighter fluid on the piano. They are just in the middle of all these fucking people and they are very clearly dousing this piano with Dancing something. They are committing the... a felony. I totally felony. missed that entire part of the song. It is it is a pretty brief segment. Yes, it is a pretty brief segment where like you just oh. see them dancing around. A felony is what we're calling it now. No. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like a public school is like government property and they're literally lighting something on fire like they're committing like arson like this is a felony and then uh quinn's just happens to flick her cigarette on it and it lights on they, fire yeah like what was the plan did santana have matches like what was the plan like i got that yes. obviously after the piano was on fire it's like okay so the cheerleaders did something i totally yeah. missed the fact that they were dousing <laughs> they it dropped a pipe bomb on it i i missed that oh. entirely but then i was like okay so even if they did have a plan if a they doused it in, in like gasoline like what were they planning on some one of the skanks accidentally lighting it on fire like that's a very that's a very tenuous plan mm -hmm. <laughs> like it that's on that's on some sticks maybe very that was a happy sticks. accident and they didn't need to bring out the mattress See, maybe Cullen, maybe Santana was like about to flick it and then the, it lit on fire and then she was like i don't need these wait who like, said it was white. a Okay, which person said it was a felony? Hannah? Me. Yeah. I'm getting it mixed up now. Me and Hannah are so similar, you can't tell us apart. Yeah. I mean, we're exactly the same. We okay. finish each other's... Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yep. There you go. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to looking. Um, so, now we're at the final scene. So he, uh, Will introduces Blaine to the group. He's like, Blaine Anderson is joining us. Which and... they didn't know after he sang a song. <laughs> and after he's like been at their school for like the day. Just walking around, <laughs> hanging without, out with Kurt. Without his Warblers uniform. Yeah, like. That is a thing. And Finn is all like, I just want him to know that we're not the Warblers. You don't have all the ball hogging. And he's like, ball hogging. And he's like, he started a bonfire in our front yard or whatever. And I'm like, that wasn't Blaine's fault, Finn. Yeah, Blaine had nothing to do with that unless he secretly did and we're going to find out about it. But I don't think he did. Well, um, like, here's my question. There are so many other circumstances that like constitute his vlogging when it comes to Blaine and having a solo. Yeah. <laughs> Why he brought up a flaming channel. True, 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 true. Is he, Blaine stole the show so much that he lit a piano on fire. That's how much attention he wanted. That's what Blaine like, is thinking. I mean, do we have a I don't, I personally do not have a problem with that. I think Finn, as the leading man of the group, 
is threatened by Blaine's talent and how Blaine has had the the privilege of basically being the lead singer of basically it being, you know, Blaine and the Warblers. Which is Which, a again, theme because Finn was threatened by Sam in season two. True. Finn is just I mean, threatened. It's a valid concern. Like, it's a very valid concern, but at the same time... It's going to help them win. I, and I also don't have a problem with, with more Blaine solos. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> there you I, go. We have I, ruled on the subject. More Blaine. And if this was more, the Warblers, he would have... Every the, solo. The solo, because yeah. they vote on it. Yeah. So... Yeah, <laughs> the scene. I'm just now realizing he was a so sophomore last year, so all those seniors were letting a sophomore yep. just run the show. But the yep. Warblers were a democracy. They were well, yeah. kind of. I, it, was, it is. It's like a direct correlation to the democracy that's in the United States because they also had a electoral college. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I can't. were playing 5D chess. <laughs> <laughs> Glee was playing 5D chess is the quote of the episode. <laughs> Glee is a political commentary. <laughs> they, oh, like we could have gotten into it way more, but like some of the things that were was said about like the polling and stuff, like anyone white, I'm like, oh, ow, ow, that hurts too much 2020. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh. I kept Britney's time machine hurt. <laughs> this episode is a direct correlation to our political atmosphere. Glee. <laughs> this episode of Glee caused the pandemic. Glee in 2020 America. <laughs> okay, who's who's not to say that Mr. Shoes Glitter was not a metaphor as well? Like, you know, where, where social distancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of them were social distancing. Mm-mm. Did you see them wake up in that bed? Emma was trying, but Mister, she, she was, was not respecting her wish to socially distance. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So then, uh, Will kicks Santana out of the Glee Club for lighting the piano on fire, and she's like, "Sue made me." And he's like, "Brittany didn't do it." And Brittany's like, "I was, but like, I'm a water sign." So, <laughs> which was a great, great line. <laughs> it was so good. And then uh follow her for that. Yeah, and so he kicks Santana out and she's like, fine, I could use a break. And then Rachel's like, uh, considering we tried to go controversial last year with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I say we secure the rights to a less controversial musical. And she's like, West Side Story, which just shows you how much has changed in the time since Glee aired, because back then West Side Story wasn't really considered a controversial musical. Well now people would be like, Why are you gonna whitewash? Yep. story. I was just going to say that. I, when she said that, I was like, is that the joke? Like, I think they were serious. Yeah, no, I think they were serious. Because that's the thing is, like, a lot of people do did and probably still do, well, they used to when not social distancing was a thing, but would do West Side Story and would probably do it with white people. But now people it's do. like... People do it in the heights like, with white people. People do yeah. everything with white people. I mean, if white people want to do theater, God damn it, they're going to do it. <laughs> but uh, um, White version of the, of the Wiz. Oklahoma. That, that's a good white person show, right? Oklahoma, Sound of Music. There's plenty that you can pick from. Can you white imagine? people, you have your own theater. 
Can you imagine Glee in 2020? Let's do Hamilton. And also, West Side Story wasn't Natalie Wood. She was white. She wasn't Latina, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, a history of whitewashing. Yeah. So it's very. So I don't. I, I'm going to assume that they were being serious, but maybe it was a nod. I don't know. That's this too is complex. Little, it's like, is Glee trying to make a joke, or are they trying to be normal? I can never tell. I wonder yeah. I wonder if this is particularly because it's out of place like we're not in the same time. Yeah. It's so it's like so strange to think about sometimes of things that were and maybe these things were like always problematic but some of them were like less problematic. It's it's weird to think that we might not have noticed these like the first time around. Yeah. But now you're like I think it's good. I do think it's good though that we are being more cognizant and trying to do less and trying to actually like honor the spirit in which it was created yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got to be genuine because rachel really focuses on like she feels a kinship to maria and she later says it talks about how natalie wood was jewish and connects that to her jewishness oh okay yeah um but mercedes oh, is like go. i hope they'll be open auditions for because mercedes is feeling very pretty this year um, yes, you are, girl. I am so sorry you will probably not be cast because that's not what the show does. Yeah. Accurate. And then um, Kurt announces that he's going to run for student class president. Question. Yeah. <laughs> class president. That's something you run for the year before yes. the year it's going to happen. Yeah. Cool. I'm not the only one who thought that. I feel like these writers either have never been to high school or it's been so long since they've been in high school that they just don't remember how any of it works. <laughs> Maybe he's running for next year because he's, wait, he's a no, senior. No, he's a senior. He's a senior. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's, he's running against the current, he's trying no. to overthrow the incumbent right now. Like the class, like they voted last year, but he's trying to overthrow the incumbent. That's what's going to happen. That's they're going to try to impeach him. And we'll all sing songs from the era where Bill Clinton was being impeached. Perfect. That's the theme of the episode. Or we can do songs from the era when Trump, Trump was Trump being impeached. impeached. Yeah. <laughs> How many months ago was that? I laugh so I, I laugh so I don't cry. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we have this podcast and so we don't cry about the real world. We cry about glee. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our other motto of the podcast. We don't we, cry about the real cry. world, we cry about Glee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then Rachel's like, Mr. Shu, I think we're on the same page. I'm gonna we should sing You Can't Stop the Beat. She says, as always, you and I are on the same page. It's like Rachel, you frequently argue with this man. You're never on the same page. <laughs> so they sing You Can't Stop the Beat. From Hairspray, Quinn watches longingly. It starts very so slow, and I was like, oh, I don't like this. And then it ramped up, and I was like, okay, I like this. That was the song you didn't hate. Yeah, I didn't yeah. hate it. And the episode ends, so that means it is Tina time. Tina had five lines. I didn't count, so. That's it? Yeah. I feel like... She spoke a lot. 
I feel like she was in the episode more, though. But she only had five lines. She had to play chopsticks. Who else would play it? <laughs> True. <laughs> and now is time for MVPs and LVPs. We're going to go through our most favorite <laughs> and least favorite character. It's been so long since we've done one of these episode <laughs> formats. <laughs> So, Victoria, who is your least favorite character this episode? Mr. Shu, Hundo P, no contest. He made me very uncomfortable many times. Um, and he's just a whiny baby and glitter. Um, yeah, so he was my least favorite. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hannah, who is your least favorite? I, I always say him, but... I'm going to say Shu because of how much he referenced his penis in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I can't forgive it. Alyssa? Definitely Shu. I mean, it's not just because it's the first season or first episode of the season. You know, like certain this, out strong. This um, episode didn't feel like a premiere to me. No, it did not. It felt not. mid-season. It was super boring. It was. Um, but the glitter was just the worst. I hated that scene. Yeah. I hated the whole thing. My least favorite, I'm going with Kurt, um, because he wanted Blaine to transfer schools for him and then was like, you're not doing this because of me. And I'm like, you literally <laughs> asked him. So I'm going with Kurt. Um, Valid. Victoria, your MVP? MVP is Blaine. Um, even in the episodes Blaine is not in, he is still my favorite. Um, but I do appreciate a well-dressed man who can sing um, and dance on the stairs. And even though his decision may not have been that well thought out, he still had good intentions and was doing it for someone he cares about. And I appreciate the grand gesture. He's all about those grand romantic gestures. So I guess it is super on brand that he did do that. Uh, it makes like sense. I, yeah, maybe not the wisest decision, but like he gave up his blazer. He looked really good and he gave up Blaine and the Warblers <laughs> for Kurt. Yeah. And then Kurt didn't appreciate him how he should have been appreciated. Um, lovely. I am going to go with Brittany because she had some pretty great one-liners. Um, she mentioned the thing about the time machine randomly. Um... And then also when they were look they were talking to Quinn, her and Santana, she was like, You look like a Jolly Rancher that fell in an ashtray. <laughs> um, that was terrific. And then also she's like dancing in the spaghetti when they have a food fight. I don't know if we talked about that, but they had a fucking food fight. Uh, yeah, we mentioned she was, it. She was dancing in this the raining spaghetti and that was that was fun. So I'm giving it to Brittany. <laughs> I'm going to go with Quinn, because I really adore her new look. Um, yeah. And she's not in the episode that often, but when she is in the episode, she's pretty badass, or at least trying to be badass. And, like, she unintentionally sets a piano on fire. <laughs> Which is... Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there for it. And then uh, mine is probably Becky, because of the toast line. <laughs> that that also like being like I can't work with her because it's about Santa. Been baked. Brett's <laughs> already been baked. I think about that whenever I make toast. Well, I will now too. Yeah. 
So now it's time for our favorite and least favorite songs. So we had uh, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead, Anything You Can Do I Can Do Better slash Anything Goes. We had It's Not Unusual. We had We Got the Beat. We had Chopsticks. Um, <laughs> you Can't Stop the Beat. And am I missing any? You said you can't stop the beat twice. No, because they have We Got the Beat and You Can't Stop the Beat. Well, that's yeah. confusing. There's two beat songs. It's the theme, the I least theme it. of the episode. <laughs> the theme is Beats and Butts. Be- beats beats and, and Butts. butts. <laughs> Sounds like a restaurant. <laughs> so, least favorite song is a tie um, between Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, because I know that song did not recognize that song. And again, it made me very uncomfortable. Um, a tie with chopsticks because that is just very problematic and should not have happened. I didn't, I don't know if I really liked the um, anything goes, anything you can do, I can do better. But I'm going to really go with Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. I didn't care for it. I didn't, I did not recognize it. I literally was like, what is this? So yeah, was not engaged by it. Um, I just want everyone to know that I didn't like any of the songs in this episode. But yeah, Ding was... Dong, The Witch is Dead was the worst, in my opinion. I did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like Hannah said, <laughs> nearly unrecognizable. And like, yeah. there was no energy and like... I was trying to understand what they, like, what was the message of the song that they were singing at this time, and why did it relate to their situation? There was nothing. Yes. It did nothing for me. Like, the energy made no sense. Like, it was like... Uh, I'm going to go with Ding Dong, which is dead, too, for solely this one point where Rachel's like, getting crowned by a house is twice as bad as drowning or something, and it's... Yeah, her <laughs> affectations were very annoying in that song. So, yeah, not a fan. Victoria, what was your favorite song? It will come as no surprise that my favorite song was It's Not Unusual because Blaine and his big romantic gestures, his flawless dance moves, his smooth voice, um, and I just, again, appreciated the intent of the song. Um, and compared to a rather lackluster soundtrack for the rest of the episode, um, it stood out as being not as bad as the rest. Yeah, mine's a complicated answer. Uh, did not like the first half of You Can't Stop the Beat. And then, like, it got into, like, the actual where it had a beat part. Uh... And that was fun, I guess. It was probably the most engaging because I like that song because I like Hairspray. Alyssa? I liked Anything Goes mash up with Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. Um, it was the only song that had the energy I was looking for in the pilot of the season. And they were uber crazy about it like they were totally insane and i loved it they were doing backflips and you know like handsprings and you know like all of these crazy athletic things that i was just really into um 
and I actually liked the way they matched up the songs. Like I think so. I don't even know if we really mentioned it, and they didn't really bring it up in the show, but these children who are not in the same Glee club are doing mashups, which seems to be a thing that like really like new directions kind of made a thing at least it kind of feels like mashups kind of were a specifically like glee thing like i know they existed but like the idea of the mashup really kind of boomed with glee and the fact that these students did a mashup inside the show where like that's the thing it felt like a very weird oversight that they weren't like yeah we mashed these up and they're like, hey, we do those too. Like, it felt very weird that they didn't make that connection. There's like, and it's almost like this weird sort of meta thing where like <laughs> the Glee Club made Mesh of a thing. And now that it's a thing, Glee, the show, is making it their thing. So like they're expanding it into the yes. universe of the show. And the other characters don't know that they're doing something. Yeah, exactly. Um, my favorite song was also Blaine's uh, song because he was very dreamy during it. Um, our collective boyfriend. Our collective boyfriend. And Cullen's glee personality. Yeah. Cullen, you're dating yourself. I'm dating myself. Oh boy. I love myself. Wow. I think I'm grand when I go out. I hold my hand. The okay. song. So Cullen does grand gestures for himself. <laughs> to win over himself <laughs> I like, whenever i buy a donut i'm like thanks me this is my grand gesture to me and in high school colin switched from the living room to the kitchen <laughs> for himself <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did if you want to hear about transferring um i used to do school in the basement but in high school once all my siblings were in college i switched to doing it in the living room you did transfer, didn't you? Um, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, Victoria, is there anything you'd like to plug? You should keep listening to this awesome podcast. Aww. And watch for when Glee Boot really happens and when we make our Twilight podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it might be in the works. It might be in the works now. But I do have a TikTok for my cat. She has 28,000 followers. She doesn't post on it very often because she's a working gal. But mm. um, you will not see me, but my cat, Enya, on at Kitty Literature on <laughs> TikTok and Instagram. So Kitty spelled normally and literature with two T's like Kitty Litter. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, it's been a long time. We are at Glee Boot Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and we are at Glee Boot Pod Pod I'm getting the cue from Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say Glee Boot, but I'm pretty sure it's the same for all three. No, there's I think you're right. One, isn't there? Oh, oh, it's God. the same. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. I'll just look it up. Well, Glee you're looking Boot. that up. Nope, you're right. You're right. Glee Boot Pod Instead of plugging my personal social medias, I'm going to plug a new podcast that Alyssa and I are on called Wanderer's Cove. It is a teen RPG mystery podcast. Um, You'll recognize a lot of that performers. They've been guests on Glee Boot. Um, So check us out uh, wherever you get your podcast, Wanderer's Cove. 
follow us on Instagram at Wanderers Cove Podcast and follow us. Um, find, our website will be in the description. So check that out. Yay. Hey, Alyssa. Um, and you can follow my Instagram at a dot m dot swearingen s-w-e-a-r-i-n-g-e-n yay yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast we hope you had fun we certainly had fun having you yes thanks Bye. bye bye listeners bye